to the St. Nick's Holy Week podcast, Walking the Way of the Cross. In this series, we will follow in the footsteps of Jesus on his journey to the cross. With each episode, we will draw closer and closer to the moment of his death, and eventually, our final station will bring us to the moment of his resurrection, to the empty tomb on Easter Sunday. Each episode will focus on one of the 15 biblical stations of the cross. For each station, there will be a short reading, followed by three reflections from different perspectives, and ending in a time of prayer. Each part will be read by a member of our congregation here at St. Nick's. The reflections are from Walking the Way of the Cross, written by Stephen Cottrell, Paula Gooder, and Philip North. There are images that accompany each station, which were created by Nicholas Markell. These can be found on our website at stnicks.org.uk backslash Holy Week. You may want to find the one for this episode before you begin. We hope that this resource would encourage you during this week, and we pray that wherever you are and in whatever circumstance you find yourself, you would more fully be able to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ this Easter. For more information or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk. Welcome to this podcast. Both before and after our station and reflections, we'll have a short series of gathering prayers and concluding prayers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Once we were far off, But now, in union with Christ Jesus, we have been brought near through the shedding of Christ's blood, for he is our peace. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who in your tender love towards the human race sent your Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ, to take upon him flesh and to suffer death upon the cross, grant that we may follow the example of his patience and humility, and also be made partakers of his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Holy God, holy and strong, holy and immortal, have mercy upon us. We now have our station and our reflections. The fourteenth station. Jesus laid in the tomb. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. Then Joseph bought a linen cloth, and taking down the body, wrapped it in the linen cloth, and laid it in a tomb that had been hewn out of the rock. He then rolled a stone 
against the door of the tomb. And now we turn to our reflections for the station. The first reflection is written by Philip North. He then rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. It is a tricky decision and one that confronts many families as they plan the funeral of a loved one. When the final prayers of committal are said, should the curtains that surround the coffin at the crematorium chapel be closed or remain open? What will make the grief easier to bear? The coffin disappearing from sight in a gut-wrenching moment of farewell, or having to walk out of chapel with your back turned to the coffin that encases the remains of the person you love. We enter into that same ghastly, bitter grief at this station as the body of Jesus is taken down from the cross and laid in a grave. That rolled stone, so heavy that it would take many men to move it, must have pressed home the reality of the women's loss. Jesus is entombed, out of sight, dead. That precious body now lying cold on a stone slab. Yet this place of darkness is not really a tomb at all. It is a womb. And in just a few days, new life will burst forth from it with such power and glory that a stone can't possibly get in the way. This place of death is to be the place of resurrection. For those funeral families, the sad truth is that there will always be a limit to the comfort that can be found in plans and arrangements. It is from this tomb, the place where death itself is destroyed through the power of Jesus Christ, that we find hope in death and comfort in grief. The second reflection is written by Paula Gooder. Joseph laid the body in a tomb. Joseph of Arimathea slips into this story and then swiftly out again. No sooner has he been mentioned than he disappears. His appearance may be brief, but his contribution is incalculable. It was extremely rare for victims of crucifixion to be buried. In Roman law it was forbidden, though occasionally it was overturned by a local magistrate. For the Romans, the public nature of the crucifixion was the point. It acted as a powerful deterrent to others. 
and so the bodies were deliberately left on crosses to decompose as a reminder of what would happen if people stepped out of line. An exception to this general rule was made in Judea because of the law set out in Deuteronomy 21, 22-23. When someone is convicted of a crime punishable by death and is executed, and you hang him on a tree, his corpse must not remain all night upon the tree. You shall bury him that same day. Even so, this usually meant hurried burial in a mass grave. The intervention of Joseph of Arimathea, a wealthy and influential member of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council, meant not only was Jesus' body properly buried, but it was buried in a new tomb, Matthew 27.60 and John 19.41. The significance of this is that families were buried together and their bones stored together in the tomb. Old tombs could have within them the remains of many different people. The new tomb housed only Jesus' remains, so there could be no doubt after his resurrection that it was him. Joseph's intervention may have been mentioned only briefly, but it was vital. Sometimes the most fleeting of contributions are the most important. The third reflection is written by Stephen Cottrell. The tomb. Silence. Darkness. There is a chill in the air. They have taken his body down from the cross and wrapped it in a shroud and laid it in a borrowed tomb hewn out of the rock and rolled a stone in front of the entrance. There is nothing left to do. Nothing to say. The Sabbath is beginning. There are things to attend to. Important religious observances to be kept. The crowds disperse, unsatisfied by death. Once again, it has failed to do anything to prevent their own. Or has it? I too amble away, wondering what I have seen and what it means, and what I'm supposed to do next. There are some things in life that can only be understood by standing under. The cross is one of them. It cannot be explained away. It cannot be brushed aside. It cannot be avoided. You either have to be nailed to it yourself carrying it with you, learning its meaning day by day and step by step, or you have to walk away and find another route through life. It will not go away, however. It stands at the centre of the universe and in a great light. And wherever you run, you will always find yourself doused in its shadow. Lord Jesus, Lord of life, you became as nothing for us. Be with those who feel worthless and as nothing in the world's eyes. You were laid in a cold, dark tomb and hidden from sight. Be with all who suffer 
and die in secret, hidden from the eyes of the world. To you, Jesus, your rigid body imprisoned in the tomb, be honor and glory with the Father and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Holy God, holy and strong, holy and immortal, have mercy upon us. Let us pray for the coming of God's kingdom in the words our Saviour taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and for ever. Amen. Let us pray. Most merciful God, who by the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, delivered and saved the world, grant that by faith in him who suffered on the cross, we may triumph in the power of his victory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. Christ was manifested in the body, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed in throughout the world, glorified in high heaven. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. May God bless us, that in us may be found love and humility, obedience and thanksgiving, discipline, gentleness and peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Nick's Holy Week podcast, Walking the Way of the Cross. Join us tomorrow for our final episode in this series, where we return to Jesus' tomb and discover something amazing. The readings and prayers used in this episode are from Common Worship, Times and Seasons. The reflections are from the book Walking the Way of the Cross and written by Stephen Cottrell, Paula Gooder, and Philip North, published 2019 by Church House Publishing. Copyright 2019 by the Archbishop's Council. Narrated by members of St. Nick's Durham. Original music by Sam Rankin. Special thanks to Philip Alsop, Brandon Hurlbert, and to everyone who made this project possible.